LeBron the Laker. Welcome to the Miami Sports Podcast, NBA Free Agency Edition. And it's so good we record this on a Sunday night. It is so good. The timing was so perfect that this just came down a few minutes ago. So Dookie Lang <clears throat> is still fired up about this. I'm, the timing could not have worked out better. Uh, between shows, I ran home to uh, my, my family had gone out of town for the weekend. So I tucked my daughter into bed. I drove back to the station. I was listening to the Yankees game in my car. I was about 10 seconds from the station. They broke into programming in the Yankees game, which Yankees Red Sox had broken into programming. And they said, we have a breaking news alert. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN is reporting LeBron James is officially a Los Angeles Laker. Four years, $154 million. I raced into the parking lot. I sprinted to my computer and I started writing and calling and texting and tweeting and all the other things we do. And I went, yes, the timing of this is perfect because had we taped this sports pod like we normally do on Sunday nights around nine o'clock and this had broken at, say, midnight, then we'd be right back here tomorrow doing the same thing. So the timing of this was perfect it would be like do you really think lebron could come to miami do you really think he could go back to cleveland uh, right you know, and and then they and then they publish it in the morning and they're like uh oh, we're gonna uh, take this one down uh, uh by the way i'm really proud of you that you went a direction that actually made sense it actually you didn't derail the podcast by telling everybody that you were going to get something for your daughter or else you would have been home and all that i mean i really expected you to go like five minutes on stuff that nobody really cared about. well i i mean I, I, if you really want the details my daughter has a doll named mr sprinklehead and the she miami- lost Sports podcast and so I had to go to Walgreens sponsored to try- today by Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you, Dookie Lang, and your terrible stories that there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive three miles north of the stadium in Pembroke Pines. We're going to get to what Mr. This- Sprinklehead? <laughs> yeah, I had to go there. We're going to get to what this means for the NBA, for uh, the Heat, and, and where do the Heat go from here? I, I think the landscape of the NBA changes now because LeBron is going out west. So we'll discuss what this means for everybody else in a little bit. But your first reaction when you heard LeBron is a Laker was what? I wasn't surprised, to be honest with you. I think... The, the leaves had been pointing in that direction for several weeks now. Um, I think that if you look at the totality of, and again, we, we talked about this on the pod, no matter what happened, if LeBron announced tonight that he was going back to Cleveland, I could have said, you know, the leaves have been there for weeks. If he went to Philly, we would have been like, the signs were pointing there for weeks. But I just think that LeBron is moving to the final chapter of his career. So he started his career in Ohio with the Cavs, kid from Akron. Akron is not Cleveland, but a, a kid a kid from the state of Ohio. And he took them to the finals, and he was the greatest player they ever had. Didn't get it done. Uh, came down to Miami, spent four years, learned heat culture, won two championships, went to four finals, and then had his second decision to make and did the whole I'm coming home bit. Went back to Ohio, delivered on the championship that he promised. So nobody in Cleveland is, should be burning LeBron jerseys tonight because he did what he said he was going to do. And now, as he looks towards the twilight of his career, he's 33 years old, I believe. 
and he has a production company and he does a lot of great stuff and he's done movies and he is a global brand and there is no place better to be a global brand than Hollywood. And so from a basketball perspective, he's going to one of the most storied franchises. They have money. They have him. They have Magic Johnson. They have young players. Whether they get their great players to come this year or next year, uh, he signed a four-year deal, with a th- which is really a three-year deal with a fourth-year option. But he's going to be in L.A. for at least three years. Mm-hmm. And so I think the whole totality of the picture fit with what LeBron has done, wants to do, and intends to do. And if he leaves his career with one more championship for the Lakers, you know, there's there's your Hollywood ending. You walk off and you're a champion of the Laker and you go try to win an Oscar like Kobe did. Yeah, it gives you the clear vision of where he's going with this, that he understands that he has to start planning now for life after basketball because as unfortunate as this is, the second that you stop playing the game, your ability to impact society, your ability to maximize your earning presence changes, and it goes down quite a bit. So he knows, I need to start making these contacts right now. Good on him for recognizing that. Um, I, I think that the thing that I found interesting was that it was a little different than how he's he's left places before where before he didn't want to be the first guy to make the decision he didn't want to be the first guy to make the move when he came to Miami he wanted to make sure that Dwayne was coming back and Chris Bosh was going there first when he went to Cleveland he wanted to make sure that there was a star there a a budgeting star in Kyrie Irving and uh, it wasn't a coincidence to me that he left out Andrew Wiggins in the letter that he wrote because mm-hmm. I, I think he had uh, every, uh, I don't know, intention, because I, I think that may be painting it unfairly as far as how much he orchestrated that. But I think he knew that Wiggins was going to be moved for someone, likely Kevin Love. So he knew there were going to be two stars there. This time, he's going to place with no stars. There is talent there. Uh, I like some of the younger LeVar players. Ball is not a star? No, I, I guess I guess if you want to go by... Not Lonzo, LeVar. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you want to go by non-basketball plays. I mean, he's he's probably the guy that garners the most attention there he right does. now. He does. Um, I like Brandon Ingram a lot. I, I think Julius Randle is someone who's grown. Uh, Lonzo Ball, I, you know, don't ever give up on anybody after one year, but I think the thing that's concerning about him is the way the league has changed you need shooters. Uh, you now have two guys whose whose best gift is is penetrating and, and facilitating in LeBron and Lonzo Ball. And LeBron can shoot just fine, but unless Lonzo gets better at shooting, I don't know if he's the best best fit there. But you know that's breaking it down X's and O's. We'll have plenty of time to do that. I think this was more about LeBron the global brand and what is LeBron going to do after basketball and what can he do off the floor even while his career moves on. So I thought it was interesting that he is now the first one in and that he's going to hope that they can build around him now, whether they make a trade for Kawhi Leonard, whether it's next year signing Kawhi Leonard, or there's a name you and I talked about before we got on here that I think would be really interesting that he yep. can bring in there next year, and we'll get to that in a moment. That was a good tease. Yeah, that's right. We're, it's, we're, like, it's like you do this for a living. Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. But uh, it just it stood out to me that, okay, uh, LeBron is a step ahead of where just about everybody else is at this stage of their careers when you look back as far as planning for life after basketball. And I think he recognizes, as many do, 
that right now it's going to be really tough in 2019 to unseat the Warriors. And frankly, if Chris Paul stays healthy, it's going to be really hard to be better than the Rockets. So go to a place where you want to be. Go to a place where you can start building. And if worst case scenario, nobody comes to join you, you are in the place where you can start building your life after basketball. So those were interesting to me. And the last thing, Dookie, that I want to point out, I didn't realize, I was listening last night to Brian Windhorst, who has followed LeBron for years, and he said... To the point of restraining order. Yeah, pretty much. So, But he said... <laughs> that, I'm kidding. But, but he said that uh, LeBron's family loves Los Angeles. You know, They have two homes out there. I, I know that, uh, I think it was Levitard who reported that they never wanted to leave here, South Florida, in the first place. But when you've got all of this stuff going for you and your family wants to be there, I, I don't know why we ever thought he was going to go anywhere but Los Angeles. As I was driving in a little a little behind the curtain stuff, uh, one of the ways that I get ready is I have like kind of my own little podcast by myself in the car and I'm sort of talking about what I want to talk about. I look like a crazy person. But this again, this was that's that's called multiple personality. Yes. Yeah, so so I'm sitting there driving, discussing with myself what, what I'm thinking. And again, this is before the news broke. And and the question I was asking myself was is this the first time where LeBron James is making a free agent decision where next year's NBA championship will not be decided? And and the answer was yes, mm-hmm. because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, where could LeBron go where his decision will affect who will get the Larry O'Brien trophy next year? Okay, here here are your options. Boston. If LeBron went to Boston with that core and that team in the East, they could have contended against Golden State next year. Philly, eh, a little less, because as you've discussed, the basketball fit may not be that good. But the number one place that LeBron could have gone where he immediately becomes a threat to Golden State would have been Houston. And the minute that LeBron chose not to opt in on Friday night, which essentially eliminated the Houston Rockets, Mm -hmm. his decision no longer became about winning a championship next year. So this is kind of, in a strange way, a tacit admission by LeBron that he's not winning the NBA championship next year. The LA Lakers are not going to unseat Golden State next year. However, that doesn't mean that they're not going to unseat Golden State the year after or the year after, and that's why he's making a four-year commitment. That helps his recruiting. If LeBron signed a two-year deal with a second year being a player option, it would be hard for him to tell people, hey, come out to L.A. because other stars are looking well. I mean, he's kind of hanging out in L.A. He's not necessarily staying here. I don't know if I can make that kind of commitment. No, LeBron is digging in. He's saying, I'm here for the long haul. Magic Johnson, interestingly enough, said, if I don't have my job done in two years, fire me. You know, the, the all eyes right now are on Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi kind of makes sense as that sort of sidekick, but the Spurs really, really have the Lakers in a vulnerable position where they don't have to do a deal today. They don't have to do a deal tomorrow. They don't have to do a deal till the middle of the year. They don't really have to do a deal at all. Therefore, LA may have to overpay. So the smart play for LeBron may be, look, ride it out for one year with these young players, I think by virtue of being LeBron, by virtue of being the best player in the NBA, maybe one of the five greatest players of all time, probably, I I think it's fair to say one of the five greatest players of all time, if not the second greatest player of all time, where I would have him. But by virtue of just being LeBron, I think he's getting to the conference finals no matter what. 
I don't think he's beating the Warriors regardless of who he plays with. But if they have to wait a year to get Kawhi so that they don't have to give up all their assets so he can develop the young talent around him, then maybe that's what he does. Maybe LeBron, in a strange kind of way, punts the 2018-2019 basketball season. He does his best. He's going to play 82 games like he like he always does. He's going to you know, become another level in the playoffs. But ultimately, if you're thinking championships, I think... I think there was a sobering reality, and I think it happened during the finals. I think he's. I think at some point in the finals, it had to have happened because Clay, you saw it, and I saw it when you were watching the finals. I had this feeling nobody's beating Golden State, yeah. and so if I felt it, and you felt it, and any objective observer felt it, you know, at a certain point, LeBron went, "We're not beating Golden State," and so. With the knowledge that he's not beating Golden State until something happens, whether Steph's ankle gives out and he's finally not going to you know, be Steph anymore, or Kevin Durant decides that he wants to take his business elsewhere, or who knows, Clay Thompson, perhaps? Well, I was going to say, th- this brings us to, when you're talking about next summer and you're talking about uh, the potential for the Lakers to improve, let's just say, in your words, he does punt on this year. And he decides, all right, we're not going to be able to win a championship because the Warriors are so great and nobody's going to catch them anyway. I know everybody's pointing at Kawhi next summer, but you mentioned Clay Thompson. What about the fact that you have someone whose game complements LeBron so perfectly? And offensively, right, you have somebody who is arguably the best facilitator. As far as a great scorer goes, we haven't seen anybody who can score like LeBron but also has the court vision. Magic was fantastic. Magic wasn't quite the scorer that LeBron is. So you have someone like Klay Thompson whose game complements LeBron so perfectly. Oh, by the way, his dad happened to play for the Lakers and was a Lakers broadcaster as well. It would just be so perfect. You talk about the Hollywood ending. That's the guy. Uh, uh, the best 3 and D guy, pure 3 and D guy in the league. Bring him in. You find a way to work the salary cap to work. You find a way to get Clay and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, that would make more sense. And then you don't have to give away your assets unless you do it as part of a sign and trade where you make sure that all that works. So, I mean, here we are playing Magic Johnson I, now. I see, I mean, I used to as a kid. I, I, I see like nine-year-old Clay, not Thompson, Ferraro coming out here. Like, with the excitement level. Well, and, and all right, so, so since we have time... Lay, lay, lay it on the table for the folks here. Well, since we have time for the podcast, and I, I'm not, you know, you grow up and, and there are certain teams that you follow along the way. I, I'm a Yankee fan because of my dad. I'm an Orleans Saints fan because I was born in Louisiana. Um, but in basketball, I grew up, and, and as far as professional teams went, basketball, I was a Laker fan. And it, it was because I love Magic. But I also love Chick Chick Hearn. Chick Hearn was our broadcaster. He did it for years. He was the best in the business. He, I want to say, he announced something ridiculous like three thousand games in a row. I mean, he for made, those who don't know, Chick Hearn was there. Eric Reed. <laughs> if you want to, but he did he did simulcast on TV and radio. Until, and they're Mike Inglis. Uh, until until he passed away. <laughs> yeah. He combined. Yep. And, and he did. So I grew up, that's why I'm in this business, was because I would watch and listen to Chick Hearn and, and imitate him. But, you know, you grew up watching Magic, but I remember Michael Thompson. I, I, I remember I remember Byron Scott and Michael Cooper and, uh, of course, Worthy and Kareem and Magic. But, you know, the, the thought to me that you could find a way to bring this all full circle, 
best player in the game with a, the son of a former Laker and, and bring this all together. Look, we all root for the Heat more than anyone just because it makes our jobs more fun. It, it makes it, uh, you know, it, it, it makes you feel more relevant. The big three down here kind of change things for us in the media down here as far as sports go. But, I mean, you sent LeBron out to L.A., and the chance to to kind of bring things back there the way they were back in the days of magic i think it's kind of cool and i think it's good for the league and how about how about the idea that with lebron leaving cleveland who's the best team in the east say it I, I, it's got to be boston right and so you're going back to the and old so, school lakers and versus so celtics and so in a year or two you're going to have lebron and the lakers up against kyrie his friend turned heel, and the Celtics, that's going to be good stuff. I mean, listen, I, if, if we're talking about who we liked basketball-wise, I've always been, a, and this this is a true story, I've always been a Pat Riley junkie. I have, I've always, I, when I was a kid, I always said, my basketball loyalties follow Pat Riley. I used to stick my head under the sink to slick my hair back to look like Pat Riley. <laughs> I still sometimes do, okay? So I, that that was my childhood. So to see the Lakers, the thing about the Lakers it's kind of, I mean, I'm going to use the parallel. It's kind of like the Yankees, okay? The Yankees a few years ago, at the at the tail end of the Derek Jeter era, were kind of hard to watch for people who liked the Yankees because they were old, they had bad contracts. There was this gap between the end of the A-Rods and the Jeters and the Teixeiras, and then boom, the new era with Judge and Sanchez and Glaber Torres and the, the the new excitement of the Yankees being good again and their rivalry with Boston being good again. And the Lakers had that gap. They had Kobe and then they had Kobe as champion and then they had Kobe as aging overpaid symbol who in his last game pulled 60 points out of his you-know-what, but really hadn't been Kobe. So mm-hmm. so they had taken a dip as a franchise yep. into irrelevance. That is over. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, we we discussed on the pod the the place that listen, obviously I think both of our first choices despite the fact that we would at some point like to see our families would have been the Miami Heat. <laughs> I think it, I think it would have been fun if LeBron came back here because it, do you know why it would have been fun if LeBron came back here? It's pretty simple because the four years he was here we're four of the most fun sports years that South Florida has ever known. We were blessed to have him down here. He made everything bigger. He made every game an event. It was awesome. They had two parades. They went to four finals. So it's a no-brainer. Obviously, number one choice would be for LeBron to come back to the Heat. Didn't happen. What I said on this podcast was I thought it would be neat if he ended up somewhere like, say, the Knicks. And revive basketball in the garden. Because that is, again, you're talking about a storied franchise that has been dormant. Now, in the Knicks case, they've been dormant since the 70s, okay? The Knicks the Knicks haven't mattered. I mean, yes, they had the Riley years and they, they got to the finals. But they haven't won a championship in forever. So to have that arena with that guy would have been something. But if it's not the Knicks, if you want to talk about storied franchises... To revive the Los Angeles Lakers, to bring back Showtime, to make every Lakers game an event. I mean, do you can you imagine how much Laker tickets are going to go for? Oh, like, man. can can you imagine just a regular season game? Can you imagine when Golden State goes to play the Lakers? Can you imagine how hard those floor seats are going to be? How much pull you're going to have to have in Hollywood in order to make that happen? It's a thing now. It's it's, it's all the glitz and the glamour and everything that people like about 
the star power that is the Lakers is back. Now, are the championships back? Eh, I think it's going to take a minute. But I think I think LeBron has left in a way where when he left Miami, okay, let, let's just take his first two. Let's compare his third move, which is this, to his first two. The first time he left the Cavs and came to Miami was the decision. Mm-hmm. People hated the decision. Not people down here. People down here were delighted. But people across the country... The spectacle of it. The, yeah, just just, right. just the means of it, the way he did it, that it was a TV show, the Jim Gray interview, the whole thing. People did not like it. It, it got a, a huge backlash. Did it raise a million dollars for the Boys and Girls Club? Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Do people talk about that? No, they don't. Mm-hmm. Should they? Perhaps. That's not the point. The point is that generally speaking, the perception was the decision was poorly executed. So everybody was mad at LeBron when he came down here. So what did he do his first year here? He acted like a heel. Mm-hmm. He, he's like, all right, I'm going to be WWE bad guy. Still weird for me to say WWE, by the way. I want to say WWF because that's what I grew up with. But he, he acted he acted the part of the bad guy. Bring it on. Boo me. I'm, I'm the bad guy. I'm going to go out and cry. And it didn't work. Yep. The shoe didn't fit. Because it wasn't him. Because it wasn't him. He found himself. He was himself. And so what happened? He excelled. He won back-to-back championships. 2013, he was doing that Harlem Shake video with the team. And the, the 2013 Heat were so comfortable in their own skin and loved. there was such love on that team amongst the teammates. They were just having fun. I remember when that fan hit the half-court shot, LeBron ran out of the huddle and tackled yeah. him. Yeah. Like he just, He just really was so comfortable here. And then 2014, you could see that the welcome had been extended. You were there for game one of the finals when it was too hot. And and he sort of mentally checked out. When he left the second time to go back to Cleveland, and he wrote the prolific letter with with which he left out players who he had already traded in his mind and then in actuality, people down here were annoyed Number one, because the party ended. Who likes who likes who likes the guy who turns up the lights on the party and says, All right, time to go home. Nobody likes that guy. I've been that guy. I was that guy my entire high school career, but that's not important right now. <laughs> it's not true. You still are. Yeah, I pretty much. Yeah. All right, guys, time to go home. But uh so when he went back the second time, people weren't happy down here. And what what was what was the big complaint? They said, LeBron never said thank you. How how could you spend four years in Miami where we made you a champion, we being the people of South Florida, and heat culture made you a champion, and we can't even get like an ad in the Herald, nothing? So that was the big beef down here. So the first time he left, he made the decision. Nobody liked it. They burned jerseys in Ohio. The second time he left, he wrote the letter, and people didn't like that he didn't say thank you. So what did he do this time? It just came out. The information just came out. And by the way, immediately LeBron takes to Instagram and th- with a picture of the parade in uh, Ohio and says, thank you fans for everything. So now he's he's done it subtly. He didn't do it like the decision. He's thanked the fans. I think he's finally got this leaving thing down, down pat. And then there's an ESPN report that says that he's going to go uh, quiet until July 30th publicly. He's not going to have any public appearances until July 30th. There's not going to be a news conference. There's not going to be any sort of welcome. from. He doesn't want any of it. So, yeah, I mean, to your point, it, it, it's like he's it said, okay, 
I've done all that before. I got criticized. I- I'm just going to do this thing my way, quietly go and get to work. Uh, put I a, respect it, put honestly. A, putting a bow on this thing, I, I, something I said about Lonzo Ball, about it not being a great basketball fit right now for how he plays, doesn't shoot very well. What I do think is interesting, and if Lonzo Ball does stay a member of the Lakers, if they don't trade him, I think this would help him a lot from this perspective. LeVar Ball, no one's going to care what he says anymore in Los Angeles. Oh, I, of course they will. Now, I don't think so. You remember when it was like down here when LeBron spoke. It didn't matter what LeBron... All of those reporters that used to go over and see what Le- LeVar Ball said, nobody's going to care anymore. He, you would think. I, just ex- don't, I don't think it matters. Except, except for the fact that that dude... No, he'll go. He'll, first take will have him on, like, like you know, he will find a way to say increasingly outrageous things that attract attention. But I will say this, but I don't think it matters. I, I think I, before, I don't think it matters either. They needed someone before because that Lakers team, it, it, there wasn't that 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 guy who was going to stand up and 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 you know, like when Magic Johnson, a, a was leadership there. void. This, I got gotcha. this this the great smile Magic had, and he was the go to for all the media members down there. This team didn't have you didn't see any any anybody publicly speaking at least not nationally. So Lavar Ball was the one that got all the media coverage because they needed someone who would actually say something interesting. Now it's a matter what LeBron says. It's interesting. And, well, didn't they, have, did they have a rap beef there with uh, was it we, was it Kuzma and Lavar Ball? Yeah, uh, Lonzo Ball. I'm after, sorry, after the Kuzma. Season. Kuzma. Yeah. So all that stuff that needs to get cleaned up. Well, and, and I, that and I think. I don't think LeBron went out there to babysit. No, but I think it'll go away just by virtue of being around him and the professionalism. And I just think that immediately people will want to act like uh, grown-ups, like adults around him because of what he's going to bring. And I think they had kind of already told Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma, you gotta, you got to cut that out. Um, and, and I think having someone like LeBron James there that's going to be and it's not like having someone who is in the twilight of their career who right. maybe gets 10 minutes a game point being I think that whatever could have derailed Lonzo Ball's career by all the attention and the distractions that would surround him just by virtue of what happened with his dad whatever he may say that may make him uncomfortable I think that's going to be gone I think I think I want to check my can... phone right now like like Lonzo Ball is now a member yeah, of the yeah. Atlanta Hawks yeah, exactly, like I keep exactly. checking my phone like by the time by the time we do this podcast cuz listen the bottom line on this clay to your point at some point I would think that the conversation occurred about the sideshow that is Lonzo Ball. Could like, be. I, I, I think I think LeBron has an opinion. And honestly, do you know what I think? Do you know what I think the conversation was? I, I this is something people don't say a lot, but I just think it's it's an over eager dad. And I think I think he's he's a little ridiculous. I think he's self promoting. I think he says outrageous things. I think sometimes what he says is borderline offensive. But ultimately, that dude raised a son who's a great basketball player and he supports his kid he supports all his kids yeah and 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 it's it's outrageous what he says and it's kind of circus like but ultimately he's a supportive dad who's who wants what's best for his kid which lebron if you look at lebron and you look at that he has children who are very talented at basketball and Le- and fatherhood is so important to lebron and so important to lebron's identity i think lebron's going to be able to relate and i think that lebron is going to try to create the best situation for his kids basketball career so i think i think there i think on a human level if the sideshow stays i think lebron will be able to engage it in a way 
with the type of maturity that he's brought to pretty much every situation he's faced in his career. Speaking of mature, do you know who has served the South Florida community for 60 years, Dookie Lang? I our, do. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines, the Vera family has been serving South Florida for how long, Dookie Lang? 60 years. 60 years. I, I didn't even have to show you the paper there. You've got it memorized. Well done. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Right, new to my Instagram. New to my Instagram. Justin. Uh-oh. This Justin. Not, it has nothing to do with the Ball family. Breaking news. Kobe Bryant tweets, Welcome to the family at King James. Hashtag Lakers for life. Hashtag strive for greatness. Oh. At Genie Bus, at Magic Johnson, and RP, well done, exclamation point, exclamation point, the U symbol. What's, Pal- what's, what's, Palenka. Yeah, no, I know it's Rob Palenka. But, but what's what, that, that, that emoji with the, like, the U? Shouldn't that just be for the Canes? Man, there's got to be some copyright infringement. There, right? right? I mean, I, it's become a, it's a, it, when you text, it's like you, you know, it's, it's a congratulatory thing, but it's kind of a cane thing, no? By the way, I know I've lost you now for the rest of the podcast, because in your brain, you're going to be thinking about the full screen that you now have to make with uh, Kobe's Kobe's response. I think we'll paraphrase. I think it's fine. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, so, rest of the league now. Let, I, let's you, focus. I, 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 you did lose, good call, you did lose me for 30 <laughs> seconds. I went, oh man, now we got to go wrap up the podcast and I'll make a full screen. But I'm like, ah, we did it on the pod. Alright, so we're, we're a South Florida station, so let's bring this to South Florida and the Miami Heat. And to this point, they haven't done anything. Uh, signing Derek Jones Jr., so, so that's that's good. Airplane mode. Yeah, so that's good. I I think you want to sign young players on 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 lower contracts right now, especially because of what's happening in the NBA. We just mentioned that the Warriors have this thing on lock as long as they can keep things together, unless they lose Clay Thompson to the Lakers next year. But for the foreseeable future, you are not only trailing the Warriors, the Rockets, but you are really far behind the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers as well. You lost in five games to the 76ers, a team that then went and got blown out by the Boston Celtics. So my question to you, Dookie Lang, is your Pat Riley tonight, what is your plan of attack? What do you do moving forward this offseason? I think that I go Dave Wanstat and I say it's it's not a sin to punt. I think... Wayne Ellington is is kind of the to me that's the the swing question. Um, I personally don't know what Wayne Ellington's going to command in the open market, but I think he's important. Um, I think the reality of the situation is if you could get Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> if if that were real, if if you could really say to the Spurs, look, Spurs, take Hassan, take. Josh Richardson, take Justice, take Bam, take our first round pick, take Bernie, take everyone, give us Kawhi, even for one year, I would do it. I I, I would do it um, because it is a superstar league and those are a bunch of good players and he's a great player. Um, but I don't think the Spurs will do it. And real quick, the reports that are coming out tonight, and this is just Twitter chatter, uh, nothing confirmed yet, but I guess Stephen A. Smith said... Uh, this was according to a Lakers film room Twitter account that uh, Kawhi 
is more dead set on L.A. than ever. And this said that he was actually willing to sit out an entire year to go to L.A. next year. I mean, he and, sat out last year, so that he, what, he played nine games last year? Yeah, and, and so I, I think, does that change your mind at all? Cause, look, I've been all in on trade for Kawhi, bring him to South Florida for a year, let him fall in love like Paul George did with Oklahoma City, and then what have you lost? But does that make sense now if you know he is that dead set on Los Angeles that he is willing to sit out for an entire year potentially? i got to be honest with you. Let's talk about this Paul George situation for a second. I'm not buying the whole uh, he fell in love with Oklahoma City, everything is so great, for, for, for a pretty simple reason, right? How'd they do? How'd they do last year? Well, I, I think, and not to not to cut you off, I, and I'm not sure if you saw this, and, and stop me if I'm wrong on this, stop me if you- Call me out, this. man, tell me I'm an idiot. No, I, apparently <laughs> what came out late last night, and, and by late I mean like at 2 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, maybe even came out this morning, was that when you do the math- on how the new CBA is structured, yep. he could actually end up making $290 million over seven years by staying in Oklahoma City. In other so words, it's not culture? So it's not necessarily that he fell... Now, I, I do think that there was a part of him last year, and maybe a big part of him, because, look, in league circles, the feeling was, he gone. He right. is going to Los right. Angeles. It does not... And that's actually why... I remember last night, in fact, they were even talking about how... It felt like Magic Johnson and the Lakers made a mistake by not pushing harder for Paul George because they just assumed he was going to come and they lost out on him and it was a big mistake, blah, blah, blah. In reality, it sounds like, number one, he really enjoyed himself there. Number two, he really likes Russell Westbrook. But number three, 290 mil over seven years can can change some minds really fast. And and that has to do with... I, I think the amount of time that you spend in a certain place as far as how much money that you can make. But anyway, bottom line being, you're right. It's not just the feel-good story that's being pitched out there that the seven years, 290 mil, I'm sure ultimately he and his agent were like, all right, you know, hey, we, we can always go I and just, live in L.A. The, the whole feel-good story, I mean, dude, here here's how they proposed this story last night. Russell Westbrook, in the party capital of America, Oklahoma City, throws a huge throwdown and Paul George is so swayed by that great Oklahoma City party. I mean look, if Nas was was performing listen, and asking me to stay, no, I'd be I, staying listen, too. I, I so. like Nas. I, I all I need is one mic. I am not I'm not hating on Nas, but Nostradamus like half man, half amazing. <laughs> yeah. Please do more. That's right. Please that's do right. that every week. That's right. That's right. Please please more. So I, I just I don't buy this whole. You're shook right now. I, I well, your hip hop was just amazing. <laughs> I thought I was proud of my one mic because I like that song. But um, I, I just I don't buy it. I I think this whole I I think par, listen part of this is Russell Westbrook trying to spin the I'm a good teammate narrative because it didn't work out with. It was one of those things where if you if you look at the 2012, 2000, 2012 or 2011. Was it, no, the 2012 Oklahoma City Thunder, mm-hmm. which had the three MVPs, Westbrook, Durant, and Harden. It was like one by one, they dropped off. And the only one who was left was was Westbrook. So he, I'm sure he's trying to fight this perception that he might not be a bad teammate. So, oh, here I am with Paul George. I'm such a great teammate. He loves me. Everybody loves me. I'm this great, te- you know, and he's spinning this whole story. I'm just not buying it. I think your point about the CBA and money, probably much more realistic. The only question that comes to my mind, though, is 
if LeBron knew he was going to L.A. and Paul George, who's never won a championship, wanted to go to L.A. and Paul George sat somewhere in Spain with Dwayne Wade and had some wine, Dwayne Wade being LeBron's best friend in the NBA, and had a career pep talk about what to do with his career. And LeBron is, is whispering in his ear, I'm going to the Lakers, dude. And he always wanted to play for the Lakers. And he talked to Dwayne Wade. He took all that information and said, eh, I really like it here in Oklahoma City. I mean, if that's the case, then LeBron struck out. D-Wade struck out. I mean, maybe D-Wade was helping his friend out. I don't know. We don't know what happened in that conversation. It was so, a private so wait, conversation. You're, 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 you are saying that, that Dwayne Wade was recruiting Paul George to go to L.A. I think failed. he was. I think, I think LeBron asked for some help. There's some sort of relationship between LeBron and... and yeah, I, I think so. This is what happens when Manso leaves. Then, yes. then you, yeah, it That's just correct. goes so. Far. I just go so far. That is I, I just it. Well, I, I'm I'm putting the pieces together, right? Paul George wants to play for Lakers his whole life. Laker fan. Okay, so LeBron when you, when, when, you goes mar- to when you mark on the podcast what is happening right now, Day, I, I'm I'm ignoring this part. You, you no, you need to mark Dwayne Wade fails in uh, recruiting Paul George to Los Angeles. Question mark. <laughs> I would put a question mark. Because if on you that had one. a question mark, then <laughs> you're completely you can, you, can, you can literally you can, say, you can say anything with the word question mark. Like I, I can make any graphic in the world on television if I put a question mark. LeBron shuns heat? Question mark. Like we don't really know if they, you know, how about that Stephen A. Smith? I, you know, I heard a report that Pat Riley and Eric Spolster were yeah, talking yeah, to LeBron yeah, in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. With what cap space? With what money? With what moves? With what trades? I, 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 I don't know. I think to answer to to go back twenty minutes to the question you asked me <laughs> to the Heat. Let's bring it full if, circle. That if if I were Pat Riley, okay. So I'm going to check LeBron off my list, and I would make a case that whoever gets LeBron wins the offseason, and you could agree or disagree, and I would put my energy to the next best player, who's Kawhi. I don't think they're going to get Kawhi. Do you go all in, though? Do, do you? Yeah, do you sure. Them and say, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, I honestly, I don't think it matters. And then, okay, so if that doesn't work, the next thing I do is I go, okay, I have eight players who play two slash three uh i don't want to get rid of Dwayne wade he's my franchise um so i ask him to come back really really nicely and maybe just maybe i get rid of one of my bad contracts somehow i think if riley can get rid of hassan's contract or tyler's contract or james johnson's contract does something that gives him a little cap flexibility for next year that would be great and if worst case scenario arises and they have to run it back again in 2018, well, then they'll probably be like 95% of teams in the NBA and realize that the Warriors are not losing the championship next year. Boston is clearly the, the, the best team in the East. Philly is clearly the second best team in the East. And it's going to take a little bit of time to get this thing ramped back up again. So... I would not, you know, the, we joke about the Derek Jones Jr. signing. I mean, that's the level of moves that they're going to be able to make right now, given their financial situation. They had their choices when Hassan, look, when Hassan came up and Dallas wanted Hassan and the Heat broke up with Dwayne Wade, 
I think it's very clear to me, and maybe you disagree, that the Heat made the wrong choice. That the Heat lost Dwayne, and so they, they went all in on Hassan, and maybe had the Heat let Hassan go to Dallas and kept Dwayne, we would be talking about a different situation for this franchise. Well, I, I think it's hard to say because you're looking at this as you gave Hassan Whiteside a bad contract. I think the two things are separate. I don't think you wanted to give Dwayne Wade the... You don't think there was any panic involved? And like, I, could, I just feel like the timing of it, like the midnight call and the rush, I feel like they, I feel like they were in a frenzied situation because they're like, uh-oh, we just lost like the greatest player this franchise has ever had. We have to do something. We can't lose him and Hassan, and we can't have that happen at once. Let's let's just get Hassan done. We could do an entire podcast on this, by the way. I, I've always been to the mindset that Pat Riley didn't really want to keep Dwayne Wade that offseason. I didn't think there was any panic. I thought that, no, he would have brought him back at his price, the price he wanted to pay, but I think the second that the Bulls and then that the Nuggets... so cold. The Nuggets were also offering quite a bit of money, I, I think more than what the Heat wanted to pay. I think Riley was probably a little relieved, and I think he did just enough to have plausible deniability, so to speak. I got, he was hey, I say, tried. Right, 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 right. right. Um, I it, mean, listen, if we remember what happened with Stan Van Gundy, I mean, when Riley looked at the team and went, oh, you know what, Stan? Well, and, and by the way, <laughs> I, I think there was a ba- basketball reasons. I, I think he knew that he had a number of players, young players, that needed to get the minutes in order for him to turn them into tradable prospects down the line. You're talking about Josh Richardson, uh, Tyler Johnson. Uh, Justice Winslow didn't play the two, but uh, you would have liked to see him get a little bit more action, uh, handling the ball, things like that. Uh, guys who could grow that would have had a little bit of trouble if you had a ball-dominant Dwayne Wade that was in the twilight of his career at that point and still looking to handle the ball and score a bit more. Um, in this role now, he's perfect for this team, and, and he can pick it up in, in, in the postseason. Do you think but he's coming back, by the way? I do. I, I think there's going to be a, a farewell tour. I, I think it's going to be... Two-year or three-year? I think it's going to... I actually don't even know if it's going to be more than one. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if he came back for one, and, and I think it's going to be one of those where you say goodbye and, and you get all the uh, the love and adulation. How and, much heat at Lakers, courtside seats, the one time the heat go out there, how much do you think those tickets are going for? I don't think anyone out there cares enough Dwayne Wade? I, no. No. I, I, I think Dwayne Wade is... I think LeBron is such a big star. Can you I, get I, me tickets? Yes, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I, I just don't I, don't... I don't think he would move the needle enough at this point in his career out there. You're not talking about... It, he was never... Dwayne, I think you could argue, is he's right up there with Kobe uh, as, as second and third best two guards in NBA history. I, I firmly believe that. In L.A., they love their Kobe... Uh, Michael transcended. LeBron transcended because he's still playing really, really well. Um, I, I just don't think that 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 Dwayne at this point in his career is going to move the needle out there in L.A. as a as a superstar. Uh, you know, it, it's just not. If he was going to go out there and it, it, put it this way, if he had a resurgence leading up to that game and he was scoring 30, 25, 30 points a game, then sure, absolutely. I, I just don't think that's going to be the case. Um, so. Given all this stuff with Dwayne, let's go back to what we were talking about with Pat Riley. Number one choice for me, I do go all in on Kawhi. And and I don't care about this stuff that's the, the Twitter chatter, so to speak, that he'll sit out a year. I think that's largely contingent on if the Spurs don't move him. I think you roll the dice because in my mind, you got to look at the Paul George situation and say we would at least have a shot. 
we would at least have a chance to convince him that this is a place where you want to be. You can make more money here in South Florida because of lack of state tax. It's a great place to live. I think you have to roll the dice on that and give it a shot. Second reason why is, to me, there is no difference between being a 40-45 to win team and being a lottery team as far as what it means for the now. Who cares if you get blown out in the first round? Who cares? It doesn't matter to me. I want championships. I think Pat Riley wants championships. So to me, roll the dice on Kawhi Leonard. If he leaves next offseason, oh well, you're going to be really bad and you're going to have a lottery pick the next year. And that's fine. Much better to have a lottery pick than to have a 42-43 win team and be in the middle of the of the draft and not be able to get a guy that you really want that you can build around. And oh, by the way, then you can start to make the plays for Giannis Antetokounmpo, for Anthony Davis, if he ultimately decides to become a free agent when you're looking down at 2020-2021. Um, you have a greater pool of players, your transformative players to go after. So bottom line... I take a big swing at Kawhi Leonard. I offer San Antonio whatever I can. I try to keep Bam if I can. I try to keep Josh Richardson if I can. But if it takes one of those guys, fine. He'll probably take both. Make your big offer. Make your big offer, Kawhi. Make your best offer. And then if you have to go through one really, really bad season, oh well. Especially in the NBA now because just sneaking into the NBA playoffs as a sixth seed in the East... It's not going to do you any good, especially with Boston getting better and Philly being better. I hate mediocre. I hate 500. It kills me. I would rather tank. I would rather be a a 15-win team, get a a top three pick, have a chance to build around a star, than to go into the first round of the playoffs and get blown out. I, I just don't like 500. So that's me. If I'm Pat Riley, I swing for the fences with Kawhi. If it doesn't happen... You know what I think the play is for next season? And we'll have plenty of time to talk about this. You want Goran Dragic and you want Hassan Whiteside to have really good seasons, if at all possible, so that they opt out. And those guys go on and try to get one more big deal. And you have salary cap space to go after your transformative players. I I just think that... So the punt theory. I I would much rather punt. But I'm saying... I don't even know what the analogy would be. I don't want a 60-yard punt. I want a 20-yard punt. I, I want I want the 50. I want the punt where you hit the center in the in, University of Miami had a couple of kids who could who could do that the last couple of years. Oh, that's I mean, right. That was really the one at Duke in particular was really oof, bad. Brutal. Um, I, I, bottom line, I hate 500. So, I, I I hate especially in the NBA now where there are so few teams who can actually win something. The best way to be one of those teams, especially when you are in the salary cap situation that the Heat are now is not by going and signing more guys who will make you mediocre. It is by going out there, having one or two really bad seasons, and trusting the process. So after you uh, give our listeners one more word from our sponsor, I have the perfect question to end this podcast. Our sponsor? Indeed. Our sponsor, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you, No business in the state of Florida has a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years, Dookie Lang. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Pass it every day on my way to work. All right, so here's my question for you, Clay. Just to wrap up. LeBronomania, and I'm not obviously we're not wrapping it up because we're going to be talking about it for the next 
forever. Is there a situation, and now I'm only talking basketball-wise, where during LeBron's entire run in Los Angeles, do you envision a scenario where he does not win a championship? Sure. Sure. And if that happens, what does that mean for the way that people think about him in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, et cetera? Zero. Because I I think the people that dislike LeBron will look for reasons to dislike LeBron, and they will point to that as, as another feather in their cap to scream against him. It's stupid. It's stupid. And my feeling on the whole LeBron greatness debate is that people who think Michael Jordan is better than LeBron try to knock down LeBron much further than he deserves to be knocked down. And it's silly. It's silly. You cannot tell me that he's not at least one of the top five players in the NBA. I'm like you. I've got him number two. But I think people who are pure diehard MJ number one people try to make LeBron look worse and worse and worse. Oh, he changes teams too often. Oh, well, he needs to have better players around him in order to win. No, the fact is he's a great player. So, no, if he doesn't win a championship in L.A., they'll just point to that. People who love him, people who appreciate his greatness, I think they'll understand that this era in the NBA is so much different that that we have not seen a super team like we're seeing in Golden State right now uh, ever, ever in the history of the NBA. And and that includes those mid-'90s Bulls teams because that was Michael and Scotty and then a group of complimentary players. Dennis, Dennis Rodman was a lot of fun, but he was not a, 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 a superstar in how he played. Really good defender, really good rebounder. But you have three guys who could be superstars on any team, and then one guy in Draymond Green who is excellent at what he does, all the dirty work. I just don't think that that whether or not that if LeBron finishes with zero titles as an LA Laker, that that's going to change how anybody looks at him, both on the positive side and the negative side. I don't think there's a way he doesn't win a championship in Los Angeles. I just I think he's it's just the right franchise with the right player that I think they're gonna have to wait out Golden State a little bit, but I, I think we are going to have some epic Lakers Celtics in a couple years down in a couple years time not yet but I think in a little bit of time we're gonna have that and I think uh I'm excited for it I think you know if you're just thinking about the health of the league and and people's interest I think uh I think LeBron's 3.0 decision has once again raised the stakes and uh, created something very, very interesting. Not, not necessarily for 2018, 2019, but I think for the next couple of years. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. All right. A week from now, let's discuss some Miami Heat trades that have happened in the previous week. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not going to be here. You guys have fun. Will Manso will be back from Paris. Dookie Lang will still be holding it down. Thanks for hanging Poor with Will. us on the Miami Sports <laughs> Podcast. Have a good night. Well, actually, you could listen during the day, but you get the point. All right. That worked out well.